I want to speak to you about the covenant blessing, the covenant blessing, the covenant blessing. If you're taking notes, write this down, the covenant blessing. How many of you know that God, our God, is a God of covenant? Our God is a God of covenant. Are you glad about that? See, a covenant is an agreement between two parties. A covenant, it's like a contract, right? And God gave us a contract or a covenant. How many of you know that it's up to us to enter into that covenant? See, the more that we understand covenant, the more we enter into blessing. Do y'all like to be blessed? Are you just like, you know, blessing really doesn't matter to me? How many of you, you could say, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Proverbs 10.22 says this. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Come on, how many of you want to be rich in God? Come on, when you begin to understand that our God is a covenant God, and if we enter into his covenant, we become blessed. You know, a blessing that, that is more than what the world can receive. A blessing that is full. A blessing that's overflowing. A blessing that has peace with it. You can win the whole world but lose your very soul. But there's a blessing when we understand the covenant of God there is a blessing that we can enter into. Let's look at uh, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Now, this is the old covenant. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Say old. How many of you know that God wants us to get rid of the old? He wants us to come into the new. And it says, of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, the new covenant, say new, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Now, if you're wondering who the Gentiles are, that's you and I. That's everybody that's not a Jew. And it says, it says, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit of faith. How many of you know that your covenant comes from the cross? Your covenant of blessing comes from the cross. The Bible says that you're redeemed, that you're made new, that God has given us a new covenant, and this is a covenant that Abraham had, the blessing of Abraham. So when we look at Abraham's life, we can understand the covenant that we have with God. Now, I want to read one more scripture before we pray and, and go ahead. But how many of you know it's important to know if Jesus died so that we can enter a covenant, and this covenant is the blessing of Abraham, then it's important to understand that blessing, right? I mean, you can have, you could have riches, you could have accounts, but if you don't have the code for the accounts, even if you have millions of dollars in that account, you're not going to be able to get it right? And we have to know the code. We have to know the account. And we have to know what we're believing for. Because see, we can live this life uh, without having faith and logic, and you'll only get so far. But God wants you to not just be ordinary. He wants you to be extraordinary. And it comes from understanding 
the cross. The Bible says he's redeemed us, that we're free from the curse. Are you excited about that? I don't know about you, but, but you know, in the Old Testament, you did bad, you're dead. <laughs> How many of you glad God's not like that? He was showing us that we need mercy and grace, and there's a new covenant that we enter into where we can live in this life of faith, where we can live in this life of abundance and blessing. And so let's look at this covenant in Galatians 12, 1 through 3. It says this. I'm sorry. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, look at your neighbor and say, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed, will be blessed. How many of you need to get out of survival and get into the supernatural? How many of you need to get out of the ordinary and come into extraordinary? Come on. How many of you really want to believe that you are a blessing? You're blessed so that you can be a blessing. You're blessed so that you can be a blessing. And I believe that God's going to begin to speak this to us today so that we can come in the faith and God can do miracles. See, God only responds to faith. God only responds to faith. It is faith that pleases God. Some of you in here, your faith is being challenged. Some of you in here, your faith is being challenged because things seem contradictory to what you're really believing for. And the Bible says when you go through that, know that other people are going through it and it's just a test for your faith. God will not allow you to go through anything that you can't handle. Some of you, God believes you're really strong. <laughs> You've been through some stuff. But God is allowing you to overcome these things, and he's allowing you to be in a life of faith so that he can move and he can get the glory for your life. How many of you want God to move in your life today? Come on, let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that today you're bringing us from ordinary to extraordinary Lord, we thank you that today you're bringing us out of logic into faith, God. Lord, we pray that you speak to us today, that you begin to work in our hearts today. Fill us with you and fill us with your presence. We love you. We honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says amen. Amen. Um, before I got saved... Um, and even when I got saved, I always wanted to be in real estate. I just wanted to do that. I love that field. I love the thought of real estate. <laughs> I've managed some properties before, and I've, you know, I've, I've bought some houses and things like that. I, I love the thought of real estate. I love the thought of, you know, the excitement of it, the excitement of the deal and, and negotiations. And, and for some reason, you know, some people that might be like uh, 
a dread. But for me, I, I was kind of excited about it. And this is what I wanted to do with my life. God had another plan, right? God had another plan for my life. How many of you, you thought you wanted to do thing, something, then God got a hold of you and he put you in a whole other direction? Because he, he has a better plan for your life than you have for your life, right? And uh, the, the thing that I love about real estate, I, I just love houses. I love, I love how they're decorated, how they're, they're uh, you know, they, they have different layouts. It, it, for me, it's, it's like this exciting thing. Now, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that um, I am a real estate agent's worst nightmare, because, because for me, a real estate agent, if you're here and you're a real estate agent, you probably don't want me as your client. Because to me, it's not only just finding listings. To me, a real estate agent does all the awkward stuff that I don't want to do. Right? It is the, the mediator. It is, he is or she is the person that I say, you know, like, see if they'll accept $50,000 less. They'll be like, that's offensive. I don't care. You're my agent. So you have to ask them. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure the first agent that I ever had, she cried about four times. But we, we got a house at the end of the day. <laughs> but the, the thing that I love about it is the agent, the agent is supposed to never, like, uh, say that you, like, you can't afford this, right? The agent is always supposed to, like, sell you right? The, the real estate agent's supposed to sell you. So one thing I don't like for them to say is like, this is probably out of your price range. I don't like that. I know that I'm, see, see they don't want to waste their time, but I just want to go see a nice house that I can't afford. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what it is about it. I want to I see something that I can't afford and uh, maybe, maybe somehow, um, Somehow I can find a dilapidated house, fix it up, and it can look somewhat like it, right? And so I do something. I, I go in there, and I like to dream knowing that I'm probably not going to be able to afford this house. And the real estate agent, her job for me is to say, yeah, you would look really good in here. And, and begin to show me around, like, the, 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 the guys and the girls' closet and the everything. Have you all seen people's closets bigger than, like, your room? Can y'all dream with me here for a second? I just, I like the thought. You say, well, this is not, this is, it's going to pertain to the message. Just hear me out. There, there is a, uh, there is a thing that, that I like them to do is, is, is uh, show me the house and show me what it could be. And it, if it's a house that's not that nice, show me the, the possibilities of it, right? I want to get, I want to get sold. Maybe, maybe it was a, Two, maybe I was looking at a $200,000 house and was like, I don't know if I can get that, but I can look at a $100,000 house that's not nice and fix it up and make it look like that, right? It's like one of those things that it's just kind of fun. It's kind of fun. And, and what the, the process of this, it, it is one of those things that you can get addicted to. You can get addicted to because you start dreaming, you start looking, and, and you start thinking. You know, I believe that God does care about your desires, by the way. You know, some people are like, I forget the house. Just put me on the river where I can go outside and fish every day. Listen, that's your desire. As long as in, in the context of winning souls and making disciples and doing God's purpose, I believe he'll give you your heart's desire. Right? Am I right about it? All right. As long as we're on the same page. 
But there's, there's, a, there's a process that they, they bring you through, and I, I don't like this process. And uh, the process is they say, okay, you want this house. It looks nice. It looks beautiful. You know, you want this house, but you got to show me your, uh, your income. And you're like, I don't know if I want to do that. Because uh, they're like, no, 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 you got to show me your income. Because if you can't show me your income that you can afford this house, we're not even looking anymore. I'm like, oh, let's go look at another house, you know. But you have to show the income before you ever get the house. And then they say, you know what, uh, even if you make enough, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because I'm going to check your credit. I'm going to check your credit, and every little thing that you did in the past, if it hurts your credit, it's going to go against you, and you're not going to be able to get a loan. Like, I, I think my credit has been hurt several times by uh, – Leah's Victoria's Secret card or something we just didn't even know about. The first time I tried to get credit, I was like, what happened? And we had to decide to pay off those Victoria's Secret cards. Uh, and and it, is, it is this process. Now you got to check your credit because if you don't have good credit, you're not going to get the loan, right? And then it's like, okay, even if you have enough money, even if you have the credit, if you want this house that you're dreaming of, if you're wanting this thing that you're really uh, coming into faith with, you're going to have to put a down payment. You're going to have to put a down payment. That's when things don't seem fun. And not only that, you know, you probably are going to have to pay this house off for the rest of your life, like 30 years. And go ahead and sign it. We're going to put you in a, a covenant. Go ahead and sign your life away. Now, you know, I am not for debt. I don't believe in debt. Even uh, Ramsey says that the majority of Americans get a house with a loan. And really for me, it is, it is kind of, uh, it speaks to me kind of how God works. Because, listen, God is wanting, he, the Holy Spirit is your agent. He's saying, what kind of life do you want? What kind of life do you want? Would you like a life that is like this for me? Would you like, what are you dreaming about? What do you, see a lot of people, they don't want to go look at something that they know that they can't get. Am I right about it? How many of you know when you dream, you stay young? Three of you, awesome. When you dream, you stay, you stay young. And, and the Holy Spirit, he's kind of like your agent and he's taking you around and says, what kind of life do you want? Do you want a great life? What can you see in your future? What can you dream about? What do you dream about with your family? And what do you dream about with your life? And, you know, God will begin to say, you know what, if you're serious about this that you're dreaming about, then things are going to get real. Right? And there are three steps. Just like there are three steps to enter into a natural contract, there are three steps to enter into a spiritual contract. See, because a lot of people think, you know what, I can just dream and I can just love God and I can just have hopeful wishing, but God doesn't work like that. God says, hey, you want something great, what are you going to give me? He said, well, that, I don't believe that. You know, I, it, but the truth is God, he's a covenant God. He says, listen, I want to give you, I want to open the windows of heaven. But he says, where's your sacrifice? What are you willing to do? See, a lot of this sits not well with people because we want to believe that God just gives us a whole bunch of stuff without really recognizing our behavior. Now, 
granted, God does bless us when we don't deserve it. Am I right about it? God does bless us when we don't deserve it. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when God blesses me when I don't deserve it is when I straighten up. You know what I mean? You ever had somebody say, you look good. You must have been working out and you haven't been working out. And you're like, dang, I need to start working out. If I'm looking good without working out, maybe I, you know what I mean? God sometimes will bless you, but he will not allow you to be a bad steward of things and then bless you. Because he understands that some things can hurt you, right? And so we can believe for great things. Like my son, I'm sure that he's believing for a non-millimeter, but he's not getting one. He's not getting one. He'll shoot me. You know what I mean? He, he, he's not going to get it because he's not ready. He's got to start out with a BB gun and a pellet gun, and he has to move up. And now God, the Holy Spirit, he is like an, he, the Holy Spirit's kind of like an agent. See, because God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Some people, they just lose all their desires because they're in such a mess. Like, I don't dream anymore. I was hoping for something, then this happened, and, and I, I just, I don't, I'm not dreaming anymore. But God, the Holy Spirit works like an agent and says, hey, you know, when's the last time you really believed for your family to come to God? When's the last time you really, used, you really dreamed about God using you in a great way? See, I don't believe God wants us to be ordinary. God doesn't want us to be ordinary. And just like God said, listen, you're going to be a great nation. You're going to have all these things. But there's three things I want you to do first. Just like an agent says, I need your income. I need your credit. Right? I need a down payment. God told Abraham the same thing. He said, listen, you got to get out your country. You got to get away from your family. And you got to go. Said, if you want to enter into this, now Abraham could have said, you know what, I got a word from God. I'm going to be great, but I'm staying right here. He's not entering in to that blessing. I got a word from God. Man, God spoke to me about this. You know, but but I'm not really going to go unless I'm like prodded to go or God forces me. You're not entering into that blessing. He said, listen, I've got great things for you, but these are the requirements. These are the requirements to come into blessing. Number one, leave your country. Now, I'm not asking you to leave your country. Leave your family. Leave your, your family, and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. Isn't it interesting that God didn't show Abraham what everything was going to look like, but he did give him a promise. He did give, give him a promise. Let me ask you, what promises are you standing on, and what, are, what is God asking you to do? Because if we don't know the answer to that question, chances are we can believe in God, we can believe in what he wants to do in our lives, but we're going to be like one of those little gerbils in the wheel that just is doing a lot of spinning but going nowhere. How many of you are tired of spinning and going nowhere? God doesn't want us to spin and go nowhere. God wants us to move forward and just like we should dream and believe and come into an agreement. God wants an agreement with you today. What is God speaking to your life? You know, you can say, well, you know, God, God told me I was going to do X, Y, and Z, but I really don't have to do anything. Chances are that's not God. God will show you everything that he wants to do, and then he says, okay, now I want to begin to lead you that way, and you might have to let some things go that you don't want to let go. And the first thing that God wants us to do is this. 
to enter into this contract, there's three steps. And the first thing that God wants us to do, he wants us to believe his word over our circumstances. Let me ask you this. What screams louder in your ear, your circumstances or the word of God? Your circumstances are the word of God. You know, you can believe for great things, but look at my, my bank account. You can believe for, for these great things, but look at the state of my home. I'm believing to do great things for God, but, but my wife said she's going to divorce me. You know, these are, real, these are real situations. These are real scenarios. So how do you, how do you enter into this? See, the first thing that we have to know, we have to understand God's blessing and what he really thinks about us. Because if we let our circumstances speak louder than his word, we're going to miss out on this covenant blessing. And what does God say? God says, listen, this is what I want you to do, Abraham. I want you to get out. You see, because just like an agent, just like an agent, he says, uh, he says, listen, I, I need you to get out of your country. I need you to get out of the thinking of the economic status, the things that you're familiar with, the things that you feel like can happen. I want you to get out of all that. See, God's word gets you out of your circumstance. God's word gets you out of your circumstance. The Bible says we will not know the will of God unless we, we have renewed our mind. And it breaks us out of our culture. See, there is a culture in your life that tells you you can only go so far. There's a culture that tells you you will only get so much because look at the logic here. Look at your abilities. Look at your talent. Look where you're from. Look at all these things. And either those things are going to shout louder or God's word is going to shout louder. How many of you want God's word to shout louder? Now listen to this. God says that we have the blessing of Abraham. God says we have the blessing of the Abraham. The first thing says that I will make you a great nation. You need to write this down. God will make me great. God will make me great. And by the way, you say, well, you know what? God bless you, young preacher. Life hasn't really touched you yet. Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke this to his life. How many of you know that it is not too late to receive God's covenant and come into blessing? God says that you're great. Now, who is somebody that's alive today? Maybe a star, maybe a play, football player. I don't know. Who, who do you think, what do you think of when you think of greatness? Greatness. You think of somebody great. Muhammad Ali, Drew Brees. That was God right there. Drew Brees. You, you think of these people. These people are great. They're not ordinary. They're extraordinary at what they do. Let me ask you, is it the will of God for you to be great? You know, there is a false humility like, oh, I don't want to be great. See, it's not about you. It's about God. He wants you to be great so that he gets glory. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make second class. He doesn't make um, 
um, a scenario in our life or he doesn't make us to just be ordinary, sit on the back and try to hope that we can survive and have it all together. I believe God called us to be great. You say, why, why are you talking so loud? Because we got to get it through our head. God called you to be great. God called you to be great. Great. Do you dream about that? You say, well, I don't want to dream about that. That's prideful. It's not prideful. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. He made you in his image. He wants you to be great. See, a poverty spirit will say this. You know what? I don't want to do anything great. I just want to be quiet. I just want to have my kids. I, want to have, I just want to, uh, sounds really boring, doesn't it? God doesn't want us to be boring. He wants us to be great. No, I never want to, I never want to, uh, you know, when I'm asking my kids, what do you want to do with your life? It doesn't excite me if they say, you know, I really don't want to work, to be honest with you. I want to sit on the couch and do nothing and then maybe like marry somebody take care of me. I'm not like, wow, that's a great dream. That doesn't excite. What do you want to do? You know, it's crazy when we're younger, we dream all these great dreams, and then when we get older, we realize we're not smart enough, <laughs> we're not equipped enough, we don't have the resources. Re reality starts to hit us in the face like a brick wall, and that's why God came on the scene and said, I don't care about your reality. I don't care about what you see. I see someone greater than what you see. And David said, listen, David said, God. How wonderfully and masterfully and uniquely well did you make me. I love David. What's the last time you looked in the mirror and went like, God, you are good. You are good. What's the last time you told God, listen, God, I want to praise you because you made me so awesome. This is what David's doing. He's saying, listen, the way you formed me, the way that you intricately put me together, my talents and abilities, God, you made me great. When's the last time you praised God because of how great he made you? So that's prideful. No, it's not. You're a child of God. You, you are made in the very image of God. The way God creates, the way God moves, the way God does miracles. Outside of God, you can do nothing but with God, you are great. And this is the first, this is the prerequisite. If you don't think you're great, you can't go anywhere else. God's saying, let me tell you the blessing. Number one, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. Do you believe that about yourself? You know, we always want to repent for sins that are like the major sins, you know what I mean? But sometimes God is saying, hey, I made you, and you don't even think you're awesome. I'm preaching to somebody today. I made you. You don't even think you're that great. Man, what would that be like if your kids said, I just don't think I'm that. No. You want to say, you're great. God has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. What do you say? He said, I'm going to make you a great nation, right? And he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Do you think that you're blessed? God says you're blessed. God says you're blessed. See, we work from victory, not for victory. 
See, if you're working to get blessed, then you've got it all wrong. But when you know what Jesus did at the cross and know that you're already blessed, then you come into expectation and faith, and then you become blessed. Come on, the blessing of Abraham says everything that you put your hand to do is blessed. What does that mean? It says that you have favor. Do you feel like you have favor? You won't have favor if you don't believe it. You won't have favor. Mark wrote me the other day. That's why I love the body of Christ, because we encourage each other. I was feeling like a normal day. Mark said, hey, I believe that God called this to be an extraordinary day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what this thing's about, right? So why, why don't I believe and believe for favor today? Why don't I believe for a blessing today? Uh, to be honest with you, I was kind of expecting the same old day. And as soon as I believed for blessing and favor, guess what? I got a phone call, and God began to, began to answer my prayers. Come on. God began to take something that was big and made it small in my life because I just said, man, I'm, I'm blessed. I have favor in my life. It's a promise. It's not something you got to work up. See, Proverbs 8.35 says, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to obtain favor from anybody, let it be from God. I mean, the one that made the universe, the one, you know, he doesn't drive on just normal streets. They're streets of gold. Come on. If you're going to find favor from anybody, favor's better than riches. There are open doors that, that nobody else see. Favor sets you apart. It makes you different. See, a lot of times in a small town, we want to be the same as everybody else. I hate that. God made you different. I went to the store the other day, and somebody said, you know what? You, you seem like you're from out of town. You're, you don't seem like you're from around here. I was like, thank God. Thank God. God wants you. Listen, you see, he's like, get out of your country. Quit looking at everybody else. Quit looking at what's normal to everybody else. And I want you to begin to look in my eyes and I want you to hear me telling you you're great. Why is God telling you you're great but you're not dreaming for anything? Just to survive. If I can make my bills and my wife will like me, then I'll be happy. And God's saying, no, you're great. You're great. You're blessed. See, that, that, that stronghold that says, you know what, I'm normal, I'm, you know, uh, you know, you know, I know blessing happens, miracles happen, but for me, you know, I'm going to expect the same old day, the same old thing, the same old life, boring, monotonous, not going to believe for anything great. But you know what, one day you wake up and say, you know what, God, thanks for making me awesome. And guess what, I believe that your blessings follow me, not because of how good I am, but because I'm your son. Come on, you're his daughter. Begin to expect blessing. See, you, some of us go into a crowd and think, oh, they're going to reject me. They're not going to like me. But some of you, you have to begin to go into a crowd and say, I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. They can't help but love me because I got the love of Jesus inside of me. And you got to begin to see blessing. See, how come some people make it and some people don't? I believe it's favor. You have somebody just as talented and they, they don't make it. Why? It's favor. It's favor. You got to start saying, man, I'm blessed. 
I've got favor in my life. I've got favor in my life. Everywhere I go, I get favor. You begin to believe that, and favor is going to follow you. That's why God told Abraham, everything you put your hand to do is blessed. Come on. Some of you, it seems like just the exact opposite. Man, you don't feel favored. Nobody likes you. You feel weird. You feel out of place. You feel like you're not hitting your stride. You're not getting in your destiny. Everything around you is falling apart. And God says, why don't you praise a little bit and remind yourself who you are. Because quit, you got to quit waiting for your circumstances to change and begin to change on the inside so your circumstances begin to change. Well, you know, when my circumstances change, I'm going to believe it. No, believe it in your circumstance. Come on, what is God say, telling you? What is God telling you? God is saying, hey, you're rich in him. This is more than money. This is fulfillment. What is it? See, God has put different talents and abilities. You want to see, you want to hear what favor is. It's talents and abilities that nobody else can do. God has put us in the earth for a purpose, a strategic purpose that only you can fulfill. Come on, somebody. We have to believe that we're great. He said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. He said, I'm going to bless you. And I love this next part. He says, and I'm going to make your name great. How many of you know that God wants you to have a great reputation? See, false humility says, I don't care about any of that. No, God wants to make your name great. Guess what? He'll make it great. You don't have to. God wants to make your name great. How many of you want a great name? That when you are gone, they're going to say, man, those people, he, she, believed in faith. He believed and just trusted God. And you shall be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. Blessing someone is not what you do. It's who you are. Come on, how many of you want to get to a place that you just are blessed? Somebody looks at you and they're like, they're just a blessing. Every time I'm around them, they're blessing me. Be a blessing. See, this is influence. How would God want you to be the light of the world and not have any influence? You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. But, you know, influence doesn't matter. No, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that when you love each other and you love me, everybody will know it. God wants to give you influence. Like the prayer of Jabez, God, extend my territory. You know why? It has nothing to do with you. See, just like I'm loaning a house, this life is not my own. Come on, this life is not my own. This life is to glorify God at the end of the day. That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. Come on. And I don't live in this life, but I live in the faith of the Son of God. Come on. This is not just your body. You, you're loaning this thing. You're on loan. Are you, pay, are you paying the right payments? <laughs> Are you paying the right payments because God lets you loan this body, lets you loan these talents, lets you loan these abilities. God lets you loan this. This is not ours. This is not ours. This belongs to God. And God said, I created you so you can glorify me. John said, I'm not the one, but I can point to the one. He said, there's going to be one that comes after me that's greater and my job is to glorify him. Are you glorifying God? 
You can't do it with false humility. I don't want to be great. I don't want to do anything spectacular. No, God wants you to do something great. Y'all okay? And you, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God wants to give you an inheritance to give. And Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. This is more than money. This has to do with an inheritance, a godly inheritance. God promised that your children's children will have an inheritance, and that inheritance is serving God. That inheritance is putting God first. Come on, how many of you want to, how many of you want to be in heaven and see your children's children running after God? Man, who taught them to pray like that? Who taught them to win people and love people like that? Who taught them to stand up and be great like that? Come on, are you going to pass the baton? You're not going to do it if you don't believe you're great. God says, here's the blessing. Your blessing is when you're gone, generations will begin to follow the things that you have done. Listen, you're going to be one of those great clout of witnesses saying, seeing your children and your children's children running after God. This is part of your inheritance. I'm excited about it. I don't know if you are. I'm making myself excited about it. Come on. Yeah, give God a hand. I want you to memorize a scripture this week. It is very short. <laughs> Luke 137, for with God nothing will be impossible. For with God nothing will be impossible. Say that with me. For with God nothing will be impossible. I don't think you got it. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Do you believe that? That's what God says. What are you dreaming about? I can guarantee you if you sat face to face to Jesus, he would say, dream bigger. Dream bigger. I'm going to make you great. What are you dreaming about? See, God has given you talents and abilities to use it for his purpose. To love him with everything and love people as yourself.